Marvel DC Marvel DC Marvel DC Marvel DC Marvel DC Marvel DC DC Marvel 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 We create our own realities and words. That's disgusting. Hello. That's disgusting. Hello. Hey everybody. Welcome to the Geek Chat. Welcome to the Geek Chat. Welcome to the Geek Chat. The Geek Chat. Hey, 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 everybody. Hey, and welcome to another edition of The Geek Chat. I'm your host, Rich. And I'm the Uh. (laughs) co-host, Desmond. No, for real, though. Uh, We are your hosts on this hour-long chat about comic books and how much we love them. And as you'll find in this episode, some we didn't love so much. So we're going to be reviewing uh, a bunch of number ones for you. We've got couple from Marvel and some from some independents. We're going to be checking in on Batman and Robin and Eternal and how that ended. And we're going to be doing a first on the show. And on the side note, we also uh, just recorded two fantastic new episodes that will be uh, released later later this week. Really? You couldn't wait till I was done? No! Really? Because I'm excited that we just did it. For real? For real. It was awesome. Not for play play. No? No, not for play play. Okay. What so- do we do? What do we do, Rich? Tell them. We are doing a first on this episode. We're going to be reviewing a graphic novel, Paper Girls. Uh, it collects the first four issues. And we're doing this because starting in May, we're going to be bringing you a new segment called Graphic Shorts. It's going to be Des and I reviewing books that we want you to read, that we love. And we're going to be checking out series that we've, we're going to be a first introduction to them. Uh, more information on that later. But uh, first up, no, the to talk about the two. The oh my God, he's all excited! So guys, we're going to be bringing you two brand new episodes. We have our "What You Talking About" Facebook coming up. Yay! We haven't done it in a while, nope. so we want to give back to our fans for for you taking the time to to listen to us and actually comment in our Facebook group. So we and have post stuff. Sh- and post stuff. We have so much to talk about. It is I just, just want to so say amazing. thank you to all you guys who listen and post and talk and are passionate about comics because Des and I really do love what we do. We love comic books, everything about them. We've been reading comics. You know, he's been around for decades. Uh, Him longer. uh, (laughs) So we just want to say thank you. And you'll want to check out our upcoming DC Rebirth special where Des and I go through the different creative teams and talk about a little bit what the book's going to be about and what we think about the books because we're really excited. You know we don't talk about very many DC books here on the Geek Chat because most of them are kind of crappy. But we're really excited. Me, as both a fan of DC and a retailer, I'm so excited about what DC is going to be offering up. And I can't wait to finally be talking about some of these heroes that Des and I love. So... So stay tuned. Those uh, shows will be releasing later on this week. Uh, Please tune into the uh, Geek Chat Facebook group. Uh, We'll be talking about it more. Yeah. And uh, uh, one of our listeners, Derek, yes. Um, Des did read comic books first on Papyrus. He did. Ew. At least I wasn't like reading them on the side of like cave (laughs) walls like you. Okay. In one of my lives, I did. (laughs) So 
as I talk about how hopeful and optimistic I am about DC's rebirth, our very first book oh, we're going to be reviewing <laughs> stop it. was so kind true. of was 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 it was so true. You know it's true. Yes, it's girl. True. I do. You know it's true. I do. Batman and Robin Eternal from DC Comics, number 26. It had a good dozen people doing this book and kind of made me kind of sad because I think it's going to take up forever telling you all this. So here we go. Let's start. James Tinian IV and Scott Snyder did the story. James James Tinian IV did the script. Scott Eaton, Carlo Pegulian. Igor Vittorino, Geraldo Borges did the pencils. Wayne Faucher, Jason Paz, Mark Deering, Geraldo Borges did the inks. We're almost done. Alan Pasaguela and Gabe Eltiab did the colors. Marilyn Petrizio did the letters. Tony S. Daniels and Tamu Mori did the cover. Wow. Whew. Are you I'm done? tired. Are you sure? I'm done. Oh my god, I'm wore out. That's a lot of people to make this not very good comic. <laughs> it was a lot of people. So, um, it had a lot of problems. the The four different people doing the art it showed, because um, you've got Sky Eden who has a very clean style, and I really liked the the, the first artist in the book. And from there, things kind of fall apart. So when you have different artists on a book it's very important that the editor goes in and if an artist draws a character in one panel looking one way it's, it's kind of important that they look the same or have the same kind of things and especially when someone gets shot if you get shot in a comic book in the arm i'm sorry it just doesn't move locations just because another artist draws it that had a problem costumes kind of go in between um a woman mother who was one of the dumbest villains in a Batman book. And I love calendar King and uh, a calendar man and mother in my book is worse than calendar well, at least man. she dies. Oh, Spoiler alert. God. Yeah. I just want to tell you everything you hear tonight. Uh, we do spoilers in case this is your first time listening to us. So, uh, the book starts off with an unnecessary flashback to bluebirds mother telling her how special she is. Which really should have been, oh, I don't know, 24 issues ago. To throw it in the first two, three pages is so just bad storytelling because you just know what's going to happen. And it's meant to mimic mother and her real mother that you don't know me like my mother does. Um, Grayson has this really bad mad on for bringing her to justice. Got to bring her to justice. That's what he does. He hates that he was used. I know. Poor boy. I bet Midnighter. I do love the line about the gay Midnighter, the gay Batman who's scary. Yeah. Um, it had. But didn't you like the the scene where they all come in, all the Robins come in, and Midnighter's there, and, I and did. they all start fighting together? Unfortunately, as- they all disappeared. Did you notice that? Well, because they ran into a different room. Uh huh. When they they ran into the different room in her in her diabolical lair built on top of. No, I gotta Ed- say what it is. It's an ice palace built on top of an a active volcano, volcano. <laughs> and that she did on purpose just in case she needs to destroy all evidence going to fall in the volcano. And I was like, really? Like someone actually like there was a group of them who sat down and said, this is not cliche at all. We're going to have them on top of a volcano. I mean, <laughs> I did actually chuckle about that. I'm like, really? A volcano? Really? We're doing this? OK. <laughs> uh, I don't know. But I thought it was really cool that that the that the older orphan, the guy 
you know, sacrificed himself because sacrificed you know himself. he screwed his daughter over. Yeah, but then she takes up that horrible oh, name. Stupid. So I have always I loved like Black Cassandra Bat better than I like than Orphan. Yes. I mean, I love her to, to be Batgirl or something else. You know, but, but that, Orphan. But Orphan was not a very good name for her. her. Costume's hideous. I'm actually I'm not that I'm I'm not that offended by the costume. I was like, okay, you know, she's. It's not bad. So in in the DC special, you had brought up a word regression, and we talked about. Barbara Gordon being regressed as a character. And I just feel like I know this is the new 52 version and this is the version we're getting going forward. But I just feel like everything that people did for Cassandra Cain and the story, her, her, what she went through, this is her new origin, really. David Cain was the orphan for mother and now she's the orphan. I just, I don't know. what, Just a, kind of a, a shitty way of your new origin. Yeah, I mean, it kind of pisses on everything that anyone ever did to build her up before. Although I do have to say, and this was just my sick mind, and you're going to definitely disagree with this, but that one panel shot where it was it was Cassandra, uh, Harper Rowe, and Spoiler standing there together. Yeah, I agree. That was a good shot. I but read a book I was, about them. Uh, yeah, exactly. I was thinking, oh, really, we're, we're on the same page. Like, that I was hoping that they been, would have been the birds of prey. That should have been. And the other ones mentor these yep. girls. Exactly. I would totally read that book. 100%. Like, have them be the new birds of prey and have Barbara basically like, like no, I can't. No, no, no. Not so, new no, Barbara. No, no, no. I'm just saying just have Barbara say, like, I can't be here right now. And she goes on her, her journey and then, like, someone else. Mentors these yeah, kids. Yeah, like I, Helena or someone. Batwoman. Or Batwoman. Like, those guys be their be their mentors i would have loved a book like that because yeah that panel was pretty cool and the fact that you know when um harper rose brother came and they were hugging it and they're like come on in on this spoiler and they all start hugging and they all start making out it was just it wasn't it was a it was a good little little panel time overall 26 issues to tell this inflated story i really think this could have been done as a good little Maybe two-month crossover between some different books. I don't think it needed a 26-page bloated story that kind of went nowhere for the middle. And what? so the Robins were in it, uh, the We Are the Robins people. He's even on the cover. Not once was he mentioned in the book. Um, at the end, we get Harper Rowe after them shoehorning her into Batman for so much that she wants to be his partner. Now she realizes she wants to go to school, which is good. And that she's invited any time to be Bluebird. Yeah. Again, I just... After all the setup and having it really ultimately being about her um, at the end, and then... I mean, it's about all of them, but having her be such a big part of it, I really did hope that she would have gotten, like, more, or she would continue to be Bluebird. I mean, I think she probably will continue to be Bluebird next, but I don't know. The other thing I really was bugged about is the last page... The last page where he says, sounds like a job for Batman and Robin, and Dick says, which Robin? He says, all of them. So your book, you haven't even been in it for most of 26 issues, yet he's the one front, front and center, and center. I hated in that. color. I hated that. Well, everyone else is faded in the background. Yes, I that, hated that as well. Thank you. That was horrible. I just think that, I mean, Scott Tinian, um, I'm sorry, James Tinian IV, great writer, uh, this was a good idea maybe for less issues. No, I would have loved what I would have loved is having him be in the background and his Robin's front and center jumping jumping out and he's like like this yes, whole thing was them. about the Robins. Exactly. I just yeah, it didn't ring true for me to have him 
show up at the end and be like, y'all did great, blah, 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 blah. No. But I'm going to take the center because I'm back, bitches. Uh, so because I'm Batman. Because uh-huh, I'm Brad Batman, man. bitches. Batman, bitches. So it's over. and uh, It's over and hopefully in the new DC rebirth. It's We're going to get some of these characters. I was surprised that Scarecrow was in it so much. Like, I was like... Well, they needed his fear gas toxin to I get help it. spread mother's... No, I get it, but... Nano bits or whatever. But did he need to be in that long to to be the cat? I don't know. Just It just seemed... His his whole role in it just seemed kind of weird. But... Yeah. Oh, well. Maybe to read better as a trade. I'm Who not knows? reading it. <laughs> uh, that was a tough to get through the so issues we're not, you so we're not gonna have a graf- So we're not going to have a graphic shorts about that? Hell no. Okay. <laughs> so now we're going to celebrate... Uh, an American icon. Cher. <laughs> no. <laughs> Not Cher. <laughs> no, we're going to be talking about Captain America number seven, which was a triple-sized issue. Oh, my God. I can't. I, yeah, we're going to talk about that. It was a triple-sized issue. It was Captain America number seven, celebrating 75 years of Captain America by Spencer and Akuna, uh, plus other great creators. That's on the cover. Uh, smashing through, Captain America came face to face with Steve Rogers. Plus, the Winter Soldier. Is he friend or foe? Bum, bum, bum. Writer was Nick Spencer. Artist for the Steve portion of it was Daniel Kuna. The artist for the Sam portion of it was Angel uh, Unzetta and Matt Yaki. Letters by VCs Joe Carmangana. Uh, production design was Manny Maldros. Cover was by the fantastic Alex Ross. Variant covers by Alex Ross, Jim Stranko, John Cassidy, Laura Martin, uh, Nen Chang, Chris Bruce, Carl Story, and Dave McGreg. So what do you think about the story? I mean, the first story, because there, there was three different... I mean, well, there's there more was, than that. Yeah. And the bad part is I can't find who did the very last story. There are no creator credits. I at noticed that all. too, and I, I want to give credit to them. I was wondering who did that. Do you think it was just because it was a, it was just like a? No, no, no. Like, I thought that was kind of weird too that there was no there was no backstory for S- this. Um. Oh, here we go. Okay. Oh, you found it. Yes. So, uh, the backup stories are. Where'd you find it at? It's right there. Presentation was written by oh. Joss Whedon. It's and like super on the bottom, though. Yep. And John Cassidy. Color artist was Laura Martin, and the letter was VC's Joe Caramanga. Catch me if you can. The writer artist was Tim Sale. Color artist Dave Stewart. Letter was Comic Crafts Richard Starkings. And Pa de Deux. Writer Greg Rucka. Artist Mike Perkins. Color artist Andy Troy with Frank Damara. Oh, I see it. The letter is VC's Joe Caramanga. And it's very important to know that Captain America was created by Joe Simon and Jack Kirby. So this issue really does give us uh, a lot, a history of all three Captain Americas, what they all mean to Steve. Steve is thinking he's going to die at the hands of at the hands of Tombstone. Crossbones. Crossbones. Ooh. <laughs> Seeing if you're paying attention because you weren't. Mm-hmm. Um, the I got to be honest. When you you have this great Steve uh, Alex Ross cover, and you open it up, and I mean no disrespect for this artist because he did a st- he did a solid job, but compared to the art in the rest of the book, to lead off with this artist, I was like, ooh, okay. Um, so we get Sam's portion of it where he goes to Pleasant Hill, and he tries to save 
um, this woman who she had it all on control, but I didn't. I, I just felt that the writing in that was kind of messy because she's about to be um, beat up by the, the 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 brothers, the blood brothers, these these alien brothers who are like the Hulk. Um, <laughs> they they were some random. They were literally some rando villains that they threw in for them to fight. They've been around, but yeah, they were they Seriously. were definitely. I hadn't seen them in like forever. And then like the circus of crime is there, getting their asses kicked by which was awesome by Bucky and Cap. I did like to see them. Uh, that was fun. Oh, I do too. Yeah, that was fun. And then they they realize that they have to go save Steve because Cubic shows up and she's like or Kobic. She's like yeah, You the, need to save him. The uh whatchamacallit? The 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 uh, Cosmic Cube girl. Yeah, the Cosmic Cube baby. Like she can't save him herself. Right. Really? Well she's a little girl. That's Ugh. I think turning the page and seeing Steve's face getting shoved into the wall of the glass, that's where the story really began for me. Yeah. This is when I really started to enjoy it. I don't really think you needed the other pages that much. No. Well, like they said in chat right now, that uh, what Frank said, the Captain America was just way too overstuffed. I agree. And um, if it wasn't overstuffed, no one would buy it. And I was like, no, I think people would buy it because it's a it's a standoff uh, tie-in, you know. But they really made a big deal to uh, to uh, celebrate. celebrate seventy-five years. Yeah. And remember, uh, spoiler alert: he becomes young again. We all knew that was coming. We called it in the very first yeah. standoff issue. We knew when she touched him, yeah. something was going to happen. And she, I'm thinking, here you are sending folks to save him, yet you made him young again. I'm like, come on. Yep. But here's my thing. Is he, did she revert him back just to being young or was he young? Because I thought the super soldier serum was gone out of his out system. Of his system. So is he just at the peak human physical we don't condition know yet. or does he still, is he like super serum cap? And uh, that I don't know. Uh, I probably, I mean, it's safe to say it's probably super serum cap. I think it was interesting that in this book, we see the villains like shift in and out of characters. I wasn't aware they could do that. I thought once they were woke up, they woke up. Yep. But here you got like the Red Skull who knows he's the Red Skull and he's shifting back and forth. And you've got the Wrecking Crew. And who, Crossbones ships out of it too. I. Yeah, I was unaware that they could shift back and um, forth. Obviously, they they have the Nick ability. Spencer's to like, I need to have this in my story yeah, I mean, to tell the story. I, it shouldn't it shouldn't happen like that because she has not been. They're not manipulating the uh, cosmic cube baby, the CCB. They're not they're not manipulating her because she's on the run. She's hiding somewhere in the bowling alley. Yeah. I thought she wasn't. I thought that's where they said that she liked to go. She loves bowling. But was that her? Who when she made? So I thought she was just peering through something. To make him young again, like I didn't see. I I got that that's where they were gonna go, but I didn't think that she was still like in this reality. I thought she was just kind of like and floating around this all weird of them. Cosmic um, aura around her, right? When she was when she when she touches him, and I'm like, is she there? Is she not? Is she is she corporal? Like, what is she doing? I, I don't do, know. This is weird. I do love the fact that the center page. There was a lot of really good things in this about who he is and oh, yeah. how he thinks. Oh yeah. Um. I think it was a well done issue. The backup stories just added more flavor to it. I liked the shield one and I liked how they were like showing, well, here you are with this big ass cable gun and he's like, no, it's gotta be a shield. And they're like, well, you know, a shield doesn't fit. And they're trying to show America is all about guns and war. And Steve has this ideal or he has this, this 
the shield and it shows the story showing how they're helping these children. I really like that one. The one where he broke in to get a baseball, I was like, well, that's cute kind of filler. I liked it. That was one of the, well, that I was, loved Tim Sale's art. I just it was, was a like, very endearing. Like It was endearing to me. I was like, oh, that's sweet. And yeah. then the last one we all know my thoughts on on uh, whatever her name is there. So that that was the one story whatever I- Whatever her name is. Yeah, there. I don't want to say her name. She's like Voldemort. Why? Uh, say her name. No. What are you, Beyonce? I'm not going to say your name. Say her name. Say her name. Stop. Can't be doing that. Um- <laughs> Um, all in all, for five ninety nine, I actually was fairly. I was. They gave you a ton of shit, and the know. ad. Did you notice the ads? There were no. There were only Marvel ads yes. in this. Yeah, like, I did notice that too. If this is what Marvel's going to give us for six bucks, I'm okay with that. There was a ton in this. There was a lot to read. Like I, like I literally had to leave the bathroom and go sit down on the couch while I was reading it. I was like, "What's going on?" You know, <laughs> it was very strange. Like I couldn't finish in the bathroom, so I was annoyed by that. But it was a good story. I enjoyed it. Um, so the next story we're going to read. I agree with Frank. What so did, what, uh, what Frank one, one of the things, if you listen to us live, you should check us out Mondays, 6 o'clock on MixLR. Um, Frank talks about Maria Hill character, the assassination of the Maria Hill character that is behind the storyline. She was never a glib moron until they needed her to be. And I agree with that 100%. Maria Hill was picked by Fury to head shield because she has the capability. And in this storyline, they're making her be such uh which one? Well, exactly. There's been 3 of them. I know. So but at this point, I don't know which one is which. So so maybe they're all different versions of her personality. Maybe, you know, oh my God, it's going to be maybe a Mad CCB, Rocks thing. Maybe CCB like cut her into 3 or something. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how they rectify her. the many faces of What do you Maria think of Hill? the man sacrificing himself for her? Uh, I was happy to see Baron Zemo. I was like, okay. <laughs> I was just like, whatever. Because <laughs> he was like, you know you're going to die, son. He's like, I would do it. And then he cut his head off. And I was like, oh, Baron Zemo, you're such an asshole. <laughs> like, and he was like, yes, I am. But. But which version? See, so there must be, and there's two. Now there's two Red Skulls running around. Then, right? Because this is not the Red Skull. Yeah, there's no possible way they could have captured because over in the Uncanny Avengers, he's still running around with his daughter, trying to you know pick off the X Men Unity crew. Right. So uh, there must be two different ones now. Great. <laughs> now we got more racists running around. <laughs> Red faced <laughs> racists running around. But does he have Xavier's brain? I don't think this one does. So the next book we're going to do is a new number one from IDW starring Godzilla. Godzilla Oblivion. Um, what, <laughs> what a weird book this was. I say it's weird only because like, how are you going to do a Godzilla book? Anyway, well, they tried. So it's Godzilla Oblivion. It's written by Joshua Falkov. Thank you. Artwork by Brian. Chirilla. Uh, colors by Jay. Photos. Yay. See, we're doing it, folks. A uh, letter and creative consultant was Chris. Maori. And uh, yeah, it's uh, by IDW. It was three ninety nine, and it tells the story of a Japanese science team uh, who <laughs> build a... St- they, they basically build a machine to go to an alternate reality. And they're like, this will be awesome. We're going to do this. It'll be fantastic. Yay. 
and they basically build a doorway into Godzilla's dimension where all the giant monsters live. And in this reality or that reality, they are uh, giant monsters running around destroying everything and, and attacking each other and attacking each other. Cause that's what they do. They fight. And they're like, we made a terrible mistake. We got to go back. And so like the, they start killing, you know, various monsters, smaller, large, smaller monsters. And then out of nowhere, you know, Mecha Godzilla comes in and starts fighting Rodan, and I'm like, "What?" So, Mecha Godzilla and Rodan are fighting, and then like, or baby Rodans, and then all these other Rodans attack, and I guess the security force comes in and is like, "You're not supposed to be here," and they start taking him away, and they're like, "We made a mistake. We got to go back," which I thought was hilarious, Rich, because very rarely do you see people who make a mistake say, "We got to get the fuck out of here." Have you noticed that? Because yeah. because whenever it's the stranger in the strange land. Very rarely did they ever say we got to go back. It's like no, let's go see where this hole leads, or or no, let's just, let's go see what's over there. It's like no, let's fucking go home. Yeah, they, <laughs> so, they were ready to go. So, well, the reason why is because King Ghidorah. If you don't know who that is, King Ghidorah is the giant three-headed dragon. My right? husband so, loves him. Got three exactly. It's beautiful King Ghidorah. And he's from space, and so King Ghidorah is threatening to go through the portal back to our world he came through and they have to stop him and so they run it through and everything's great but king adora comes through the portal and that's how it ends and i'm just like what the hell did i just read (laughs) it was a very bizarre comic book like i had no idea that there would be like interdimensional portals and like i literally thought it would be like they're just Godzilla was just on the earth and they were doing shit. Nope. No, that all this super science stuff to, to go to this Godzilla universe. Like I just didn't know where the I have no idea where the story is going. Um I don't know if the portal's still open. I don't know if now there's like a Godzilla in our world now that that's gonna take up the mantle and try to fight King Ghidorah. Bizarre story. The art was interesting though. The art was way too cartoony for me. Way too cartoony. People's faces looked like they were melting in some panels. The monsters, there was no weight to these monsters. They were they looked like they belong in like a My Little Pony universe. They all nothing scary. The cover art for the next issue and the uh, the artist of the comic book for the sub cover, um, amazing. I had such high hopes and I went into it and I'm like. Like the last page when King, how do you say it, Ghidorah? Yeah, King Ghidorah. King comes through the portal, and then right next to it is the next issue. The two different art styles, like one looks happy and one looks scary and terrifying. And yeah, the that was a disconnect. The art for the the art on the cover is so much stronger than the art in the actual. Yeah, book. like seeing Ghidorah, King Ghidorah, and it's supposed to be from like a human's point of view. Isn't very scary at all. I just think the art was a huge. For me, this could have got a couple extra geek points, but the art really brought it down. I agree. I mean, aside from the very, you know, bizarre story and that's a beautiful cover with yeah. the little Mothra things. Yeah, well, yeah, it's the multiple Mothras. Uh, not the, it, it's him pre. Uh, it, it's his, his larvae. Yeah, the larvae stage, stage. Um, attacking Godzilla. Though Godzilla is not in this book, and I was kind of like sad a about one that. panel. Yeah, very. Yeah, I mean, really. Yeah, but we're it, calling it Godzilla. Maybe he'll show up, like you said. Maybe he is on that Earth, and a different one or something. When yeah, they open the portal door. Uh, are you going to read the number two? I might. 
Mm-hmm. I, I actually might read the trade actually, because it doesn't seem like this is going to be a, a no, an ongoing. There are four issues. Yeah, I probably just read the trade, because again, I was really hoping that the art on the cover um, was more indicative of what was inside the book, because the art on the cover is amazing. Yeah, who did the cover? Uh, Sub cover. James Stokey. That's why. Oh, James Stokey is a. He's he, awesome. Yeah, he's an old school Godzilla uh, artist who did. Not old school. I mean, he did the. He did a Godzilla story, uh, a Godzilla uh, miniseries uh, last year. So yeah. they had him coming in and doing the artwork. And I really wish that his art was, was I do too. on it. Because it looks really good. So another IDW book that both Des and I agreed on is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Deviations. We've. Rec- Reviewed a couple of the deviations. It's where the writers take a certain point, timeline in the book, and change it to see what the end results will be. This is the best one so far. I loved this book. Yeah, this really got me wanting to read the actual Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles comic book from IDW. This was really, really good. Um, The deviation part is from when... It's right after the part where um, it's right after the part in the comic where Casey Jones supposedly gets killed, um, and the there's uh, the Shredder has a Kitsune. If you're not familiar, Kitsune is a Japanese fox spirit who can change its shape and then is a trickster. So she's using her mind powers in order to bring the uh, turtles into uh, the service of the shredder and the the whole book starts out with them the 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 turtles taking uh taking on uh splinter as splinter is like running from them because he does not want to fight them because they are his children so its story is by kevin eastman bobby kernow and tom waltz the script on this was done by tom waltz the art i gotta say i'm gonna go look this artist up zach howard Additional art by Corey Smith. The ink assist was Joylan Yates. Colors, Rhonda Pattison. Letters, Sean Lee. The covers were by Zach Howard and Nick Pitara. And I love the Nick Pitara cover so much. It's gorgeous. And the art on this, the art on this reminds me of the old series. The way it was dark and yep. gritty and scratchy. It took a minute to get used to that too, because at first I was like, I don't know if I'm gonna, I don't know if I'm gonna like this art. And then when I really started to get into it, and I really started to like sit down and and my eyes adjusted, and I really started to read the story and what was going on, it really fits the artwork. Oh, it's gorgeous. It really, the artwork really fits the story. And it's nothing like the books. Um, it's not a light. It, there's no real light in it. Like the shadowing on the turtles, yep. where it doesn't show their full faces. Mm-hmm. The darkness of the alleys, the darkness of the storyline, it all... Like, this is a great comic book. Yeah, he does his own inks, too. And I thought it was great because in the back of this story, you get to see the anatomy of a script (gasps) to page. uh, I wish they would do that. From script to an actual comic book. Yeah. It was great just seeing him, the artist, go from his his initial... um, I think Gene would really like... Gene would really like this, too. It went from his initial script... The the writer's script, then to his thumbnails, then to his his his, his pages, and then to the inks. then to well his finest finished pages, then to the inks, then to the colors, you know, then to the the um, letter the letters, just a fantastic like it's just I love when they do stuff like this and people were like oh it's padding that's fine you know people need to know more about how these comics are made because you know you and yeah. I both know how comics are made yeah. we do it 
And to see, I, I always love, we're going to get off topic for just one second. I always love seeing how other people write their scripts because everyone writes a little different and seeing how, you know, Tom Waltz broke this down by the panels for the artist. It just kind of helps me. Yes. Um, so again, the story is about the team, uh, the, the, the turtles taking uh, being brainwashed basically to fight for shredder uh, shredder and how shredder is going to use his, this in order to take over all of the other street gangs and then take over the city um and they're really in i mean they're doing that and it's just you just get to see like i don't want to spoil it because it was really really good yeah this is one book i really want people to pick up just it's a one shot but it was so and that's and that was what's so great about it because it's a one shot they tell you exactly what you need to know going into it yep. at the beginning. That way, if you haven't read the rest of it, you don't need to. It basically tells you. And that's what I like about these deviations. It tells you, it gives you just enough story to get you caught up. That way, you can enjoy the story before it is over. And this is uh, the end. I mean, it it's it doesn't continue. This is it. And at the back, which I thought was great, was they showed a timeline, a reading timeline of what you want to do if you want to read these books. And if you wanted to order them, they're all available at whatever to order. Thank you again for tuning in and checking out the Geek Chat. We're here live every Monday from 6 to 7 on MixLR. If you miss an episode or any of our other episodes, you can check out um, this season and any other season that we've done before on SoundCloud. Search the Geek Chat. We're also on iTunes, Stitcher, Tumblr, and on Instagram. We are also on YouTube. But again, always search the Geek Chat. If you want to talk to Rich or myself, you can always uh, join the Facebook group, The Geek Chat. Always search the Geek Chat. All right, Rich. So what's next on the docket? So we have another number one. We love our number ones. This time it's from Marvel, and it is X-Men 92. <laughs> I did not think I was going to like this book. You liked it. I I didn't say that, but I didn't think that I was going to I thought I was going I thought I was going to hate this book, but I did not hate it as much as I thought I would. Wow. I I was very shocked by that as well. <laughs> so, we got X-Men 92. It's right from Secret Wars, but this time is not. So, it's, it's weird. It's Chris weird. Sims and Chad Bowers did the writing. Matt Miller did the color art. Alti Furman Shea did the art. VC's Travis Lanham did the lettering. David Nakayama did the cover art. And the X-Men were created by Stanley and Jack Kirby. So who was your impression first? <laughs> I, I like to hear what you have to say first. I loved the old cartoon when it was out. We'd watch it all the time. Thought it was fun. I liked in the later years when they added, you know, you saw X-Factor with random and when they did the genosha stuff i loved seeing all those mutants and i loved when apocalypse came and mystique was there and cable showed up i'm really happy for that time and it was a, a good time in my life i don't need this comic okay so <laughs> it was weird so this is a mixture for me of the 90s x-men and the comic book x-men because this didn't seem like it was directly taken solely from the comic. No. Okay. And to start from the for the TV show, the cartoon. No. Okay. Because that that's the thing that I was part of me was a little confused about that. 
However, hey, I just want to say, when you saw Bishop, did that weird music from the cartoon come into your head? Oh yeah, doom doom doom. No, whenever Bishop would show up, it was always this weird like music. It was uh, huh. I'll have to remember. I'll have to watch an episode. Yeah, now. you have to. Okay, so I actually enjoyed it for the fact that I could just turn my brain off. At first, I was like, I don't know about this, but it, it it's not in continuity. It makes it doesn't do anything like that. It was interesting to see these characters. I loved seeing the school with tons of mutants. Uh, Did you notice the mutants they picked? The Generation X kids. Yep, yep. And there was the Blink. kid. There was the guy from uh, Ecstatics was there too. Yep. So it was the little things like that. And then you have Magic. Uh, sorry, Maverick. Fucking Maverick. They brought back Maverick. Yeah. Uh, Jim Lee. I remember. Uh, Fucking when Maverick. Jim Lee people. was drawing the X Men, and Maverick showed up. And it, it had a little bit of humor. I mean, I don't know. That the it just it wasn't one of those books that just. I literally turned my brain off when I read it. The artwork is passable. It's not bad. Um, it's, it's not good. Either. Well, no, it's not. I it think didn't the figures. Suck. It's it's like nineties. It's, it's like a, so it matches. Yes, it did not suck. I give you that. It was like it matches the style of the nineties. Yes, and I think that's what they were going for. I don't. It was just ve- and like having it be the. Um, the what is it uh alpha red who was the who was the russian version of captain america although they did not have the uh the uh super soldier serum and he's sort of like this weird captain america knockoff i guess and then jubilee and and uh, chamber went on a date and then i got to see the finris twins i love them i mean when i saw the finris twins that i think that's one of the reasons why i liked it like I have to tell you guys who are listening, I have my fucking rosy red nostalgia glasses on. <laughs> they are they're fucking goggles. Like all I'm seeing is red when I look at this book is that nostalgia. Like, I don't know. I'm probably gonna pick up the second issue because I really like seeing Fenris and seeing Maverick and seeing all these people and the art that they don't use now. That they don't use now. And the art didn't suck too much. I mean, it was very cartoony. The story didn't matter whatsoever in what's going on in the main Marvel titles. It just, it literally was like uh, X Men First Class or Wolverine First Class. Yeah. It it reminded me of those books because those books didn't fucking matter. <laughs> this book doesn't matter. It's just you can turn off your brain and just fucking geek out with it, and that's what I liked about it. That's really what I liked about it. So. That's what that's see that's what matters, and that's all we really want. We want you to enjoy what you read. And I really enjoyed this because it was that kind of walk down memory lane. I did not, for whatever reason, I did not like the uh, the um, Battle World version. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what, I don't know what was going on with that book. But I read the first issue and I was just like, Ugh. Ugh. I, I think it because it took itself too seriously. And this one definitely does not take itself. Oh no, seriously. it doesn't. You know, and I think that's the reason why I like it. I mean, it they're they're being kind of serious in it, but there's that humor. So. I don't know if I'm going to change your mind to read it, but I if you like something that literally you can turn your brain off and, and it's old school X-Men characters, great. I did think it was really weird that for whatever reason, the guy, the artist, could not get the sizes of people right. Oh, no. Because <laughs> like Wolverine was fucking huge in some pictures. Beast was hella small. I was just like, 
I didn't know what's going like, on. What? 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 I didn't know what was going on, but I think that kind of added to the weirdness of it. And then seeing Rogue with her power is with her with her with her Miss Marvel power in that old school, the old art nineties Jim Lee inspired with tons of belt things and I yes. don't know. It's just it's just a silly. This is the fucking silly comic that you can just turn your brain off, and I enjoyed it. I'm probably gonna pick up the number two just because it was silly. Um, so the next uh, number one we're going to read, which I thought, which, okay, so this number one is by um, is by uh, Jamie Robinson, who was a fantastic creator, and I'm gonna say creator because this man does everything. He does the writing, he does the art, he does the lettering, he does. Everything. The inks. The inks. He does everything. He did the cover. And it's called Power Lines, and it's uh, number one. Um, From Image Comics. It's uh, $3.99. Uh, sorry, it's two. It's three fifty. sorry. But it, it's very interesting, and it, it takes a- Say his name. Same, I said it. Jimmy oh, Robinson. Jimmy Robinson. Yeah. With, uh, yeah, that's it. Yeah, I mean, the man does everything. <laughs> He's amazing. Um. And it, it goes, so at the, the first pages we're getting a bit of a history lesson in which it talks about uh, the, the colonization of the, the West Coast, literally, literally. And there were these things called uh, power lines. And they were, I guess you would th- talk like magical lee lines or magic lines Discovered by the Native Americans. Yeah, the Native Americans. 2,000 years ago. And, but they have since to uh, go away until now. And people are being imbued with the, with the power of these Lee lines. Um, very interesting, Rich. What did you think about this? The well, because I know you had a lot of talk to talk say about this because of of how Robinson is writing these characters because he is not shying away. So from the, the next the, this book and the book we're going to talk about after this book um, really uses words that you normally don't. We'll read in a comic book. Yeah, a lot of trigger words too. Um, so, reading this book, it's imagine you're Fox News, and you and the Black Lives Matter movement are in a comic book. That's going to be this, because I feel like uh, Mr. Robinson is really taking um he's taking what's going on in america right now and made it into a comic book and i feel like uh we were talking about real real life in comic books on our point five which you should listen to which will be posted this week the what you talk about facebook we talk about um real life and i don't want to say imitating um, being in comic books. The book has um, what you would hear on the rhetoric of Fox News. And a character, I don't even know her name, that's how much I didn't care about her. Um, she Her car gets broken into. And the words she uses is makes people uncomfortable. And that was my problem. Um, Talk about the beginning of the book first. Okay, so the first thing, and the, we're we're kind of pussyfooting around it because because Robinson is using words like the N word, and and he's so 
there are these, you know, quote unquote gangbangers coming from. It takes place in San Francisco, well, the the Bay Area, and yeah, the they're because they're going to Benicia. Yeah, they're going to Benicia from Richmond, and um, they're 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 gangbangers, or they're thugs, or whatever, and they're going to tag these uh this 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 neighbor this neighborhood, and what is happening is they're they're using like you know thuggish language you know they're they're using the n-word uh talking about each other talking about they're gonna do the white folks and you know very aggressive you know language and not not a lot of language that you would see in this book now james robinson is in a comic book now james robinson himself is is an african-american creator you know and people are like well maybe he's getting a pass because because he's black and he can say these things or 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 is he just really like portraying you know these these characters in, in in a in a truthful manner because what happens is is they're going through they're they're going to commit crime well they're tagging houses they're tagging houses but one of the people is actually going to commit crimes he, he 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 he's breaking into stuff and he broke into this woman's car and he steals her phone right but before that the 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 main guy is caught by the police, and that's when this weird power line signature activates, and he basically flies away. And the cops get a call of a breaking, a uh, break and entering. Uh, and so they're like, you know what? We didn't see anything. He got away from us. Because they're lazy and they didn't want to do the paperwork. Yeah. And um, then it, this all of a sudden weird naked Indian guy shows up, with a bunny he's about to kill or has killed. And then we get, oh, her name is Sarah Bellingham. And she's basically a white racist. She's, and that's why this book shows both sides of, and I don't want to say, I don't want to say characters or characters. Continue. I'll think of what I'm well, going no, to say. So she is like calling them, you know, the N word and, and being really to a cop. Yeah. To a cop being very aggressive about like they're only coming here to steal our stuff. And so she's so she's speaking all this rhetoric and you're like, what? And then her son, who's who's done tours and the, the, uh, tours in various, you know, hotspots. Afghanistan. Yeah. I can't believe you serve this country. And he's like, well, well, mom, the, we can track your phone. We can go get the phone. And he's like trying to calm her down because he's like, there's no reason to say those words or, or act like that. So they go. So the mother's like, we have to take care of this because the the phone, it's the weirdest thing because the, 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 the phone um, carrier, you know, the, the, the phone carrier, the phone case is something that like someone gave to her and she yeah. really loved it. So that's that's what's the impetus for it. Them and going to Richmond to confront right. these gangbangers bef- to get the phone back. But they talk about Richmond and the Iron Triangle, and the cops are like, "That's out of our jurisdiction." And then she goes into it again. This is so humiliating. I feel violated. What about my rights? And it's like the cops even say, "Like hell, if we're going to the Iron Triangle." And then again, she goes on this other tyrant tirade about, you know. We're going to go get it ourselves. And, you know, that's how my father would have handled it. He was a soldier. Oh, it was the last thing Darlene made for me before her death. It's irreplaceable. So they go and they get they the boy actually confronts 
the uh, other guys about the phone. The quote unquote gangbangers. And and that's something that was hilarious was the guys really trying to defuse the situation. It's just like all we want is to is to you keep the phone, all we want is the case back. But they're acting like thugs and, and quote unquote thugs and they're and they're fighting, you know, they're they're gonna want to fight the guy. You're right. And so whatever the mother manifests these Leline powers and protects her son. So we have the one kid, the one black kid who has the powers with his crew, and then we have the mother using the white supremacist, the white supremacist mother using her powers to protect her son. Now, what do you think about when when the and boy then, hold on, hold on. and then the Native American is like, "Oh shit, we have a problem." Yeah. <laughs> so they talk about you know um, before Very the fight, before the fight, they before they are about to fight. That's when the mother does it. And the one boy who has the powers recognizes the power yep. signature. Mm-hmm. And when he looks, all he does is look at the look at um, her. She goes off about, you know, um, I don't know what pe- what kind of drugs you people have. I'm leaving. Totally irrational. Yeah. And he's trying to, like, talk to her. But, like, you felt it. You felt what's going on. Yeah. And she's just like, no, no, you know, screw all you guys. I'm leaving. Blah, blah, blah. Very interesting setup. And then the power lines have returned is how it's left. Yeah. The Native American who we saw earlier, you know, so this he is has a, he has the power signature, too. So I think like it's going to be superhero meets exactly what's going on in, in America yeah, right now. It's really uh, it's there, he is not shying away. Uh, Robinson is not shying away from how people speak uh, and how people mo- how some people think. Um, See, we were talking about this before. And while I don't think, I have no doubt a person like her would use the N-word, I feel like she would have used it more in front of her son in the car than in front of a cop. Well, that's the thing about, because I think he's I think he's exploring issues of like white privilege and stuff like that, where, where the woman feels that she's justified because she was wrong. She's justified in saying whatever she wants. And that's, yeah. You know, and I the think white, that's the interesting thing about this book is like, sh- how is it going to play out? And he shows both sides. He yeah. shows the, the ignorance of both sides yep. and how they're acting. Because like you said, the son was like, all we want is the case. I'm, I don't want anything else. You can keep the phone. I just really want the case, and the one guy's like, "So, what are you doing here? What you want to get? Yeah. You want something?" And then the and then the uh, the the black kid who had the powers at the beginning was like, you know, as they're talking about as they're as uh, Robinson was t- saying how they all had different roles. Like one is the leader, one was the the clown, one was and he was the he was the one that was supposed to go he to wanted college, to go to school, go and to they college. thought that was a sellout. Exactly, and I was just like, so he he's he is talking about um, issues that are very very like charged in a comic book charged i'm gonna say that's how that's yeah. this book it's a very it's definitely not for everybody no you know because i don't think people i think some people would really be turned off by the language and and how certain people are being represented i was gonna say that but i, I think, enjoyed it i think that certain people don't like seeing themselves and when they do they cry foul on the writer or whatever it is so I think if someone related to her, they would see and they'd be like, well, they're making her this. This isn't how fill in the blank. Yep. Good book, though. Good book. You should definitely try it. Definitely try it. So now we're going to give uh, a little uh, sneak preview of what our graphic shorts is going to entail uh, when it when we uh, when we get get it done in March and May. So 
what the graphic shorts is is rich and i again just to reiterate are going to be picking up uh graphic novels sometimes old ones sometimes new ones but definitely books that you should either pick up or at least try sometimes you might not want to try it because it, it's terrible but well not only that it's things we haven't tried so it's not exactly. only books that we recommend like if he recommends a book that i don't read and i recommend a book he doesn't read but we're also going to be trying things like paper girls neither i read part of the first issue i read the first issue and we decided we knew we were going to be doing this this is our first one foray into this and it's just books we're going to take a look at Exactly. So the first uh, graph novel is the collected edition, uh, volume one collected edition of Paper Girls, which collects the first, first four. The first, I thought it was the first six. No. It has to be the m- more than the first four. One through five. I told you. One through five. Anyway. It wasn't six. <laughs> Ew, but it was more than four, you bitch. Um, so, so the writer was Brian K. Vaughn. The artist was Cliff Chang. Matt Wilson did the colors. And letters was by Jared K. Fletcher. Did I say letters or colors? You I'm said sorry. colors. Okay, good. By Matt Wilson. You did it right. Um, Paper Girls. Interesting book about um, ageism and and generation, general generationism. If that is an ism. Frank, tell me, is that an ism? I'm not sure. But anyway, it's about these... Four girls who, who are paper who, girls. Who are paper girls. And in 1983. It takes place in 1983, some rural town. And the three of them are paper girls. And they... It's 88. Just 88, thank you. And there's this one girl who is sort of having these weird dreams and stuff. I don't, the dreams didn't seem to really be connected to anything except her weird word imagination but it's uh the it's the day of halloween and like any other day starts out she gets up she gets her papers papers ready and then she goes on to her day but she comes day after halloween sorry it's day after halloween i'm sorry and they come across some kids who were you know being punks and uh she gets harassed three other girls show up and they become fast friends and because they, they have one thing in common they're paper girls they're paper girls yeah they're paper girls and so they're just running the gamut of doing the paper girl stuff but on that nighttime they come across these three alien looking characters cloaked figures yeah alien looking figures with these really weird eyes and one steals her walkie-talkie yep. that she paid 40 bucks for out of all the money she all saved tips. at radio shack yeah so that's how you get into the story. You know, they it's a strange it literally is a stranger comes to town and it it sets up these girls trying to figure out what's going on because people in their town start to disappear and they come across alien technology. And one of the technologies they find is this weird little black black square with a eye with an apple symbol on it. What the hell? And they're thinking maybe it's from the future. And uh, this is what's going on, and, and so basically, what it turns out to be is is other teenagers from the future come back to the past in order to steal stuff and take it back to the future, and the old people in the future don't like them doing that, and and they want to stop them. And there's weird bird riders, yeah, bird pterodactyl bird riders. But I don't. The thing that I didn't understand are they that far advanced because they don't speak English anymore? Because they were speaking this weird like symbol dialect, and they had to wear these. They had to put these weird uh, discus things in front of their vocal cords in order to speak English. Very, very, very strange. You know. Um, 
I don't know. It just they're it's just about these girls running around trying to find out what's going on with these guys. Uh I don't know. It just it just kinda left me cold. What do you think, Rich? Well, um I think that you should pick up the book They're Not Like Us from Image Comics. <laughs> what do you think about <laughs> this book? It had a lot of ideas going on and the art is solid. I mean, Cliff Chang is a great artist. Yeah. Um, I probably will not read the next issue or part of it. I didn't feel... Because it, it's an it, ongoing. It's an ongoing, and I don't I don't see how or why... I don't know. It left me cold as well. Because, you know, they... The, the, the old, so there are these... I guess they're these time police that are riding the, the giant pterodactyls and they're telling, you know, the kids, like, the kids are bad. They're not supposed to be doing it. And there's a super old guy who comes back to the future, come to the past, and tells them that you shouldn't be trust You shouldn't trust them and they're bad people, but you really should, you know, stop it. And I think they're trying to... And I think the people who were being... who were taken were disappearing because they didn't want the... They didn't want the, the, the kids that are coming from the future to fuck up the timeline. But then the girls get in their time machine that the guys left by accident and they go to the future. So the book ends with the girls being in, in 1993. And then one of the girls meets her older self and that's how it ends. So it, it ends on a cliffhanger, but I don't, I just don't know because it, it, it seems to really boil down to these kids, you know, not wanting to do stuff with their, it's like they not having, uh, not wanting to do what their elders tell them to do, you know, just spoiled brats. Yeah, with time travel and mutant-looking teenagers. Then, I don't, I don't know why they were mutants. I'll I, tell I you. I guess you could just read. I'll tell I you the I real Read thing. it more and understand what's going the, on. The last page like, did uh, not make me go wow. It really didn't. Yeah, it didn't for me either. I, all I know is with 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 uh Vaughn's stuff. For you me, loved his why. Yeah, I love the why last man. I like Saga, um, but the thing with Why the Last Man is I read it all together when it was finished, and I think for me with his stuff, because it seems like a very long Outer Limits or Twilight Zone episode, more actually Outer Limits because of the sci-fi and the weird mutant-looking teenagers, but for me and him personally, I like reading it all together, like because he, he has an ending in mind it, it will come to an end at some point because he, he he doesn't do that he doesn't like he writes these long form novels and then they're done okay so. then when it's all done you and i will sit down and read them sure it'll be 10 volumes and probably. then reassess this book all right you heard it here first but i think that if you if this sounds interesting or something that you you know, would like to try. I think by all means, please pick it up. It's only nine ninety nine for the first five issues. Yeah, and check it out for yourself. I you mean, know? I think it's worth a read. Like if you like weird science fiction stuff, and via, uh, sorry, a la, I guess, uh, Outer Limits, then by all means, check it out. And as always, a special thank you to our sponsors, because without them, we really wouldn't have a show. So I want to give a special thanks to Club Card Printing. They're the ones that help us do all of the fantastical prints that you see in our palm cards. And if we ever do posters, we're going to get them done there. So if you're in the San Francisco area or if you have a computer, check out clubcardprinting.com. We also want to thank Gene Gilmet. 
He does all the amazing artwork for the show. You can check him out at rltpress.com. Yes, Gene, I, I, and I don't take it personally that Rich is always trying to kill me. So, <laughs> also want to give a special thanks to Terry Miller. She is the mistress of the mix board and makes all those lovely sounds that you hear uh, during the Geek Chat. Also want to give a special thanks to our major sponsor, Whatever Comics, located at 548 Castro Street in San Francisco, located between 18th and 19th. Check us out online at whateverstoreonline.com and on Facebook under Whatever Store. So everybody, that's our show. That's right. Be sure to check out our new uh, episodes of What You Talk About Facebook and our DC Rebirth review. They'll be up posting soon. And we hope that you pick up some funny books. Black Panther will be on our next review. I'm so excited. The next Geek Chat. We've got a whole bunch of new comics. Alrighty. So I'm Desmond. I'm Rich. And we'll see you soon. Bye. Bye. Geek Chat. Geek Chat. Geek Chat. Geek Chat. Geek Chat.